0: Uh, to stand in front of you this morning and introduce our speaker for today. Jimmy Austin has a long family history here at Southwest. His parents were some of the original founders. Uh, His parents also served on the Board of Education for many years and were very instrumental in the beginning of this school. Um, His family also has another legacy other than Southwest, and that is that Jimmy and his siblings have long been the Timberwolves ball boys and ball girls. If you've ever been to a Timberwolves game, chances are you've seen him out on the court at some point, and he's been doing that in his family for what, like 20 years now? It's been a long time. Um, But some of you might recognize Jimmy. He's been one of our panel speakers, freshmen and sophomores in your classes. You've uh, probably seen him before. Um, I'm excited to hear what he has to say today. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Jimmy Austin to the stage. Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, man, I'm still not used to this. Still not used to my voice being so loud, because it's normally, like, ridiculously loud. But this is cool. This is cool, too. What's up, Southwest Christian? What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up? Okay, okay. Um, so. Thank you, Mr. D, for uh, giving me that amazing, amazing intro. Um, but I, I want to be able to kind of get a feel for you guys, t- talk a little bit about myself so you guys know exactly who I am and where I'm coming from. Um, and so if I'm going to say a couple of details about myself. And if this relates to you, if this is something that you're like, you know what, I rock with that. Let me hear a whoop woo from the crowd, okay? Let's try it one more time. Whoop woo Okay. All right. So uh, yes, my name is Jimmy. Um, I am actually from Southside Minneapolis. Anybody from Southside Minneapolis? Hey. Okay. 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 All right. All right. I didn't know if <laughs> I did not know if uh, if I would be like guy that was fit to be like a speaker or anything like that because. Really, when I was in high school, I was all just about, I was about video games, that's all I was about. So let me get a woo-woo if you like video games. Hey, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I was, also, I was also a big music lover, I love music. One of my biggest like, inspirations right now uh, is, is a man by the name of Justin Bieber. I know y'all think he's lame, but if some of y'all think he's dope, let me get a woo-woo. Hey! Okay, 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 man. See, y'all think it's crazy. Y'all be like, "What?" Justin Bieber? Yeah, he's actually tight. Okay, I actually don't judge me. Okay, don't judge me. All right, um, all right. I, I also am a big fan of basketball. I don't just work there. I I'm a I'm a lover of basketball. Um, I I work for the Timberwolves, yes. Uh, I've got a chance to meet a lot of cool NBA athletes, a lot of cool personalities, um, and people outside of basketball. But really, I just go there so I can watch basketball. That is just my love, that's my passion. And so if you are a passion of any sport, let me get a whoop whoop. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So that's, that's, that makes me feel good because that makes me feel like I'm at home. makes me feel like I can speak to y'all for a second. Okay. Uh, I want to be able to connect with y'all. That's my whole idea. Because let me tell y'all something. Being from Southside Minneapolis, being from uh, a, a community, a neighborhood where, where we grew up, things weren't easy. Things were actually very scary. I remember hearing my first gunshots at like Oh uh, man, i was like five years old, right? Funny story real quick. Uh, five years old, we we're, uh, <laughs> were outside. We can't, they used to call this place Murderapolis. I'm telling you, it was crazy back where I was from. And when I was growing up, um, my mom, she was like fed up with me and my sister. She was like, she was done that day. She was mad. So sorry, mom, for telling this story. Uh, she doesn't know I'm telling it, but she was like done with us that day. I forgot what we did. We were just being kids. We were just, you know, acting wildin', you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, bugging my mom for whatever reason. And she was like, I'm sick of y'all. Go outside. So we're like, okay, like that's a, that's a good, see where I'm from, that's a good punishment. When our parents tell us to go outside, see, for y'all, it might be go to your room because then y'all would just get on the game and play video games or whatever. For us, it was go outside because that means that we could do whatever we want. Um, So we went outside, and then all of a sudden it started to pop off. just guns flying. I'm like, I'm five years old at the time, right? My sisters instantly hit the deck. They're like, oh, oh my gosh, this is crazy. My sisters are older. I'm the youngest, right? And this is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm like, this is crazy. So I just start running in circles in the front yard like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. They're like, Jimmy, get down. I'm like, why? Like, what's going on? I'm five years old, not knowing what's going on. But yo, that's the kind of environment we grew up in. It was crazy. So that's where I'm from. And not only that, um, I actually, yes, I did go to Southwest. So if you were wondering, um, you're wondering when I went Southwest, I graduated in 2010. That's crazy. That's 10 years ago. That's crazy, I'm old, ugh, that's nasty. Uh, but that's okay, <laughs> that's okay, God is still good to me. But yes, I graduated Southwest uh, in 2010. Uh, it was an experience for me, because I come from a different world, a different culture than, than what we have here at Southwest. Uh, being out in the suburb of Chaska, is it still Chaska? Is it still Chaska, Minnesota? Yeah, okay, it's so out in the suburb of Chaska, Minnesota. Came from a different world. And so it was a really, really different experience for me to be out here. And as a result, it was a, it was a lot of stress on a, on a, a regular uh, daily basis. Um, but through that, I was able to persevere. And not only that, uh, through that experience, it brought me closer to God. right? Uh, and, and from that, it led me into a life that I never in my wildest dreams thought I would uh, um, I would end up being in. Uh, but real quick, before I get into that life, I want to survey the room real quick. How many of you guys, like, raise your hands. How many of you guys uh, thought about at one point or another, um, when I'm done with school, I might go into like ministry or youth ministry, or I might be a youth pastor or something like that. Okay, nobody? Okay, me too. That was me too. All right. I'm not dead serious, dead serious. I was somebody who was like, that is, that is not for me. Why? Because I don't want to be broke. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want, I, I, I do not want, I know what it's like to be broke and I don't want to be that. So that is not for me. So yes, I went to Northwestern where they, uh, you know, he had ministry majors. I'm like, that's cool. Let me, how it know, now let me, how, let me know how it is being broke. I said, that's cool. You want to be you know, a ministry major? And even then, I had opportunities um, from my home church. People were asking me, like, yo, yo, you want to uh, be our youth pastor? I was like, super nah, because uh, I don't want to be broke. Um, so that was my mindset. So I said, you know what? Um, whatever it is, whatever I got to do, I'm just going to go. I'm gonna, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to go and make some money at it. Right? Uh, so I went to college. I went to Northwestern. Uh, unfortunately, during that period of time in Northwestern, my dad became really sick and it was a lot of stress on me, and I, I, I literally had no focus. As a result, I dropped out of college, and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. Didn't really know which, which direction to go or anything like that, but I knew that I wanted to make money, so that's what I did. I went, and I was gonna start making money. I went to uh, TCF Bank, right? The brokest bank of all the banks, but, <laughs> but I thought that it had some money, so I was like, I'm gonna go there because that's where money is. I'm gonna follow the money. Uh, and I worked there. And then I uh, worked there for a couple years, worked my way up and then eventually transitioned into sales um, sales at T-Mobile, right? I was, I was slinging phones at the time. Man, it was a good time slinging phones. I'll tell you that if you've never been in sales, I know it sounds scary and it sounds like, oh, you gotta, convince, you gotta persuade people to buy stuff. That's not what it is. For me, it was just about relationships. It's about getting to know people, getting to meet people. And I told myself like, if this is it, I'm, I'm cool with this, right? Um, I told myself that ministry is, is not something that I'm going to do, right? Uh, it's not something that wasn't even a thought in my head. Until, um, until one day, I, as a Christmas, I remember a couple of years ago, my sister, we do like a secret Santa kind of thing. How many of you guys do secret Santas in your family? Or you guys do secret Santas here? So yeah, we do a secret Santa like that. And my sister had posted like her Christmas wish list. I got like I got my sister Janelle as I was her secret Santa and she posted like a Christmas wish list. And I, and I look at her wish list and I'm thinking to myself, uh, what like what do I even what do I even get her? Because on her wish list was literally nothing. She just said, hey, whoever has me, why don't you just go? serve somewhere. do want you go do something, volunteer, donate some money. And I was like, <laughs> I ain't got no money, honey. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to get money. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to get money, but you know, okay. All right, whatever. I was like, I don't got no money, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go volunteer. Right? So I went and became a mentor in the big brothers, big sisters program. Um, and as I became a mentor, I realized that there was a desperate need in, in the world. Right? Um, and that's where I got to a place where I was just like, you know what, this is, this is too big for me. I thought I was, I thought that was it. I thought I was going to just mentor this kid and, and be done. But now God had other plans, God had other plans. And, uh, I want to be able to, uh, I want to be able to tell you about those plans in a second, but I want to get kind of bring us back to, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today. That was just kind of a little bit intro about my life. I'm actually going to talk to you about. Ministry specifically, and I know you guys. None of you guys raise your hands like I want to be in ministry, and that may be true. But uh, this might be something that could get you get the get you thinking at least a little bit about what ministry is. Because some of you guys don't maybe don't understand what it is, and and as once I explain that to you, maybe you'll have a deeper understanding, and maybe you'll uh, you'll change your perception of what you think ministry is. Um, but first things first. Uh, to do, for, for me to do ministry, um, i telling you, like I said, I was slinging phones at T-Mobile. I did not think that that was something that was for me. Um, I didn't have a basic understanding of what ministry was, right? And at Treehouse, that's the place where I work currently. Treehouse is, a, is an organization, organization committed to ending hopelessness. Uh, all I knew was when I entered there, I wanted to end hopelessness that's all i knew um, i wanted to be a part of that mission to end hopelessness but i didn't want to do ministry i was like no nope, I, I don't i don't want to that's not my thing i don't want to i don't want to be broke you <laughs> know i'm still trying to get some money um, but i did i i knew i wanted to to help people i couldn't ignore the the hurt that people were going through um, And so I need to understand three basic things. And so this is you. Maybe this could be a gauge for you to understand. Maybe ministry could be a thing for me. If you understand these three three different things, um, then I challenge you to process if ministry is for you. First things first, do you understand that people are valuable? Right? How many of you guys agree that people are valuable? Raise your hand. Okay. Hey, look at you, all you ministers out here. That's crazy. (laughs) All right. How many, how many of you guys believe that we're all called? Raise your hand. Yeah? Look at you. Let's see, all, a bunch of apostles out here. This is crazy. And how many of you guys know that you are blessed? Well, look at that. Done deal. All you guys are ministers. All you guys can go work for Treehouse or Young Life or whatever you guys want to work. Done deal. My job is over. I will see you guys later. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I'm just playing. No. Uh, that's what I want you guys to understand these three things. That's it. You are valuable. You are called, and you are blessed. Those three things are true to every human being walking this planet. And not only that, to those who know Christ, you were given the great commission um, in the book of Acts. Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations, right? You were given that great commission. That's just the reality of it. So ministry is for you whether you like it or not. And whether you make money at it or not, ministry is still for you. The question becomes, well, how do I do do this thing? How do I do this thing? You know, how do I tell the world about Jesus or whatever? Well, for me, um, it started with a dangerous prayer. Like I said, I'm from Southside Minneapolis. I don't know nothing. Uh, about like what was going on in the burbs. I the first time I even heard of like Hillsong was when I came to Southwest Christian. I didn't even know Hillsong was a thing. But y'all, let me tell y'all something. Y'all, y'all music is crazy. Okay, <laughs> like y'all music. Like where, we, where I grew up with, a lot of the music was catered towards uh, God. God bless me. Uh, God get, help me through my financial situation. Help me through my health situation. God bless me. Help me. Right. But then uh, I listened to Hillsong for the first time, and I was just like, whoa, like, y'all got something some different. That hit me different. I'm not gonna lie, I hit different. Uh, the song I'm speaking of is Hosanna. How many of you guys have heard that song, Hosanna, by Hillsong? Yeah, that's a Hill My Heart, Make It Clean. Open up. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That song, I, thank you, appreciate it, yeah. So <laughs> I hear this song for the first time in high school, and there's a lyric at the end of that line that says, break my heart for what breaks yours. I remember hearing that and I said, I've never even, that had never even occurred to me that that was a possibility, right? That, that, that my heart could be broken for the things that breaks the heart of God. But I just knew that I wanted to be closer to God. I knew that like God was real. I had come to this place of understanding that God could be real, God, God is a real, a real thing. But I didn't know how I could be closer to God. And I thought, maybe I could be closer to God if I pray this prayer. Break my heart for what breaks yours. That was a dangerous prayer. That's the first step, really, is what it is, that dangerous prayer that says, God, help me to be more like you. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And when he did that, he showed me a reality of a world that I never knew was possible. Um, I'm going to show you guys a picture here. Do you, you have that picture? Can we, can we pull that up? This is Steve. Okay? Steve was a challenge that somebody gave me. My pastor, he gave me $20. He said, here, I want to challenge you to take this $20 and give it to somebody just randomly. Okay? So I did. I, I, I walked home from a Timberwolves game, and I saw this guy, Steve. And i I've seen him before because... Every time I had walked by him, he'd ask me for something. I'd, get, I'd give him, like, Gatorade. I'd always have, like, extra Gatorades because, you know, when you work for the Wolves, you just get free food. And that's, that's, that's the only thing I'm about, really, is free food. Um, so I gave him some Gatorade every time, and he was super grateful, like, super grateful. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give you this $20. Well, what I didn't know was that $20 would turn into a relationship, that I didn't know that I needed and that I didn't know that Steve needed. Well, what happened was I asked Steve, I said, Steve, how did you get here? How did you become hope- homeless? He said, well, um, my par- I was living with my parents and my parents ended up moving to a nursing home and I just ended up homeless when they moved to a nursing home. And Steve is disabled, so he's, he's got a lot going on. He's, his legs don't really work that well, so that's why he's got the cane. And uh, he has a hard time processing his thoughts. And so he was just he was confused in most of the conversation. But I said, well, don't you have any family, Steve? Don't you have any like somebody that can you know help you out? He's like, well, yeah, I got a I got a daughter and uh, she lives in Iowa. And I was like, well, why don't why don't you call her? And uh, he was like, I, I don't I don't have a phone. Well, at the time I was working at T-Mobile and I was actually wearing the shirt. And I looked down at my shirt and I said, that's that's tight, man. That's, that's tight, I don't really got a phone for you. No, I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. No, I I saw to myself, this is a guy who's in this most hopeless place, and I have the means to be able to offer hope for him. And I looked at my shirt and I said, done, I'll go get you a phone. I went back to T-Mobile, I found a prepaid phone, I got him that phone. I put him and programmed my number into it so he could call me, and next time I saw him, I handed him this phone, And he would just blow me up all the time. Hey, Jimmy, what's up? I don't know nothing. I just want to talk. I'm like, cool, man. Like, let's talk, you know, and we wouldn't talk about nothing, but we would just have, um, dope conversations. And, uh, one day he calls me at work and he says, Jimmy, I just want to talk to you for a second. I'm like, Steve, I'm not working. I'm working. He's like, Oh, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, I'll just leave you a message. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he leaves me a message and I listen to this message. And he's like, hey, Jimmy, I just want to say thank you. You're awesome. Appreciate everything you did for me. And I'm like, what did I do? I just got this man a phone. And then all of a sudden, this girl gets on the phone. Hey, Jimmy, I just want to say thank you. You're amazing. This is that. And this little girl gets on the phone. Hey, Jimmy. He's like, you hear that? He said, that was my daughter and my granddaughter. And they came up from Iowa to see me. I haven't seen them in 15 years. What? 15 years. And he was like, yeah, I haven't seen them in 15 years. And they came up to see me on my birthday. And it's because of you because you got me this phone. I did not know how to process that. I just instantly took that in, started crying, and I was like, I got to go see him. I got to go see my man Steve. Went to see him, and we sat down, and he just said, Jimmy, I'm happy. He's homeless. He's still homeless. He just said, Jimmy, I'm happy. And I thought to myself, how in the world... Did this even happen? Well, the reality is, I didn't even think that I had the means to bring hope to somebody. All I knew is that there's this moment where he's hopelessness, and I had a connection to be able to offer hope, which was a phone. And I didn't know that would do that much, but God did, right? God had a plan for that. And that's what, that's what Jesus talks about um, in the verse in Matthew 25, 40. Can we pull that verse out? And the king will answer, "It's truly I say to you, that what you do for the least of these, you also do for me." I didn't even realize that that was something I did for God, but it was. Steve was the least of these, and not only that, but that moment, my heart was broken, and I knew it was going to continue to be broken. I was continuing to work at T Mobile, and I got to a point in my life where I realized, like, yo, like, this is, this ain't it. This ain't, I'm making money, don't get me wrong. I was making money, uh, and, and at 21, uh, I mean, I was 20, I think I was 20. At 20, I was making like four or five grand a month, and at that age, that was really good for me. I was happy with that. But then somebody sat me down and said, hey, have you ever heard of Treehouse? I said, no. He said, why don't you take a look into this thing? And then this guy from Treehouse starts blowing me up. I'm like, dude, you don't want me, right? I said, dude, you don't want me. I'm not the guy. I see this, I saw this guy, Steve, and I did the Big Brothers Big Sisters thing, but like it's not, doing it as a job, that's not for for me, right? Uh, He's like, no, no, you're the guy, you're the guy that I want. I'm like, nope, nope, you got the wrong guy. Me working at Treehouse, that is, that is not, mm And not only that, I told him straight up. I said at the time, in this period of my life at the time, I was coming out of college, I was in a place of hopelessness myself, and through that, and the only way that I could manage that hopelessness or feel good in those times was through partying and sex and things like that. And I thought to myself, no, you, you got the wrong guy. I can't offer hope to these kids because look at what I'm doing, I can't, that's not, that's not for me. This guy told me, he says, you are the guy. And I was just like, okay, um, let me go back and process. I went and prayed about it. Went back to my boss at T-Mobile. And I said, hey, there's this guy who's talking about this place called Treehouse. Treehouse is this organization that wants to end hopelessness amongst teens. I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but I think I'm supposed to go there. He says, uh, she, oh, my boss is a she. Sorry. My boss is a she. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> uh, she says, I think you should go. I said, are you serious? She's like, yep. I know this means I'm going to be losing my best sales rep, but there are some things that matter more than selling phones. There are some things that matter more than getting money, than having a good job, that, than having the, 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 the highest title, There are some things that matter more than that. And I said, okay, then I'm going. But when I went, I'm telling you, I did not feel qualified. My first month, I I guarantee you, I was planning on quitting. My first month, out of my team of five people, four of them had quit or transitioned out. And it was me by myself, and the kids hated me. I remember it was seven months before the first kid actually even told me they liked me. That's crazy. Seven months working in a youth organization, and the first time a kid tells me they like me was seven months into it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not, this is not meant for me. I, I don't, I don't qualify for this. Everybody else has like degrees. They have social work degrees. And I'm sitting here at a college dropout, guy who's slanging phones at T-Mobile. And I'm like, why am I here? But that gives me to my second point. Yes, God called you. But he also qualified you. And you're not qualified, uh, he doesn't call you because you're qualified. Let me rephrase that. God does not call you because you're qualified. You don't have to be the best athlete, the best speaker, the best, most influential person. You don't have to have the most likes on Instagram. He doesn't call you because you're qualified. He qualifies you already, and that is because you're called to him. And that's something that I had to learn. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, this is not, this, this, can't, this can't be my reality because I don't have this experience. I don't have everything I need. And I was feeling like Joseph. How many of you guys know about Joseph? Right? Joseph was led, with, Joseph was just obedient and he was, he ended up into the, one of the highest places in Egypt. One of the, he became a governor of Egypt, feeling completely unqualified. And that was me right? And even Paul was, he was in that space, same space too. And that's where I had to learn from Paul. Actually I go and read Paul and that's where that verse comes in. Can we show that verse? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I'm actually going to give you some context to that, right? Paul who was previously Saul, was a guy who persecuted Christians. And for a long time, I saw this verse, as something that said, oh, well, when I'm going through it, God's grace is good for me. It's good enough for me to get through what I'm going through. That's what I thought for a long time. But then I go through this moment and I realize maybe that's not what God was trying to say to Paul. Maybe when God said, my grace is sufficient for you, right? And in the context of this verse, he's talking about how he, he feels like he can't fulfill his ministry because he's got this thorn in his side and he doesn't know how to persevere through it. So he said, maybe I can't do this ministry thing because I got this thorn on my side and God is saying to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And then at that moment, God, God gave me a revelation on that. He's not telling Paul that his grace is just sufficient for him to get through it, which it is. Don't get me wrong. It is, but it's also a body check right? He said, hold on, hold on, son. Let me tell you something. You're telling me that you can't do what I've called you to do? Remember who you were, right? Paul was Saul. Was assault. He's a guy who persecuted Christians, right? He was responsible for overseeing the execution of people that wanted to follow Christ. And he had this radical transformation. And at that moment, he realized I have to go follow Christ and I have to go tell people about following Christ. And so he does that and he's now he's getting to this place where he thinks, like, I can't do this anymore. And God is saying, remember who you were. All you need is my grace. You were the, remember, you were the guy that, 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 that blasphemed my name, that was hurting my people, and you're going to tell me you can't do something when I ask you to? Ooh, I don't want to be on that end of that conversation. But that's the reality. I had to remember who I was. And some of you guys gotta remember where God is bringing you out of. Yes, you may be in a place of, uh, of feeling unqualified because you got a mess of a life. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm a mess of a life, but I know God's grace is sufficient for me, right? And through that, I can't say nothing back to him. I can't say nothing back. To, can you imagine trying to say something back to God? We're like, well, God, you know, I, can't, I can't really do it because it's, it's, uh, it's Wednesday. And uh, I, um, I got a, I got school. I got, I can't, so I can't do it. I got a class. So no, nah. he's saying, remember, my grace is sufficient for you. That's just the reality of the sovereignty of God. Not only is His grace sufficient for you, but he's with you through it all. And not only that, and here's my last point. You're, you are blessed, right? You are valuable. Run, you are valuable. Two, God calls; He's called you. And three, you are blessed. That brings me to my last point. When I started ministry, when I started working at Treehouse and when I started doing things in the community. I thought, man, this is the end of it. I'm just giving it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to be broke. OK, I should be broke. But what I didn't know was that God is sovereign over every dollar you'll ever make. God is sovereign over every opportunity you'll ever have over every job you'll ever get. God is sovereign over that. And when I realized that, man, the floodgates started opening. God started doing things and that's the reality for you guys. God's going to do things through you guys. God's going to, God's going to have uh, crazy and mighty plans to transform this city, transform this state, this nation through you guys. You are that generation. But all you guys have to do is just say yes. That's all you have to do is say yes. And you will be blessed. That's the reality. You will be blessed. Looks like that's the bell. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm going to wrap it up here. But I want you guys to understand something. You will be blessed when you say yes to the Lord. So here's the three things. Again, we're talking about ministry. If you think ministry might be for you, these are the three things you need to know you're valuable. You guys are of unimaginable, unimaginable value. Two, know that you're called. And know that that calling means that you're also qualified to do whatever God's telling you to do. And three, know that you're blessed. God's heart is for you. I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you just for these, this class of, of teens, this generation of teens that I believe you're going to change the world through. God, I ask that you would speak to their hearts. God, that you would give them clarity and vision for their lives. And right now, things seem murky because they can't probably see beyond high school. But God, I pray that you would give them vision beyond high school, beyond college, to do things that only you could do with them. God, I'm grateful that each one of these kids are here in this building with amazing staff, that I just, just want to lead them and direct them on the way to you. Thank you for your heart for each and every one of them. Thank you that you love them deeply. Thank you that you care for the least of these. Bless their day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.